Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I think God is better than we would be. My mind says this. If I was God and I've given you all these opportunities to get saved, you were like, nope, nope, you rejected me at 20 altar calls and you make it to the tribulation period, I think you should see a demon. Yeah, I'll save you, but I'm. You should. You should feel some of this. You know, you could. You didn't have to be here. God is better than me because God is like, nah. They, they're those that are saved. I'm gonna put the seal of God on their forehead, and they're not going to be touched by these things. When you reach the last page of the book or see the credits roll on the movie, you want to know that justice has prevailed, that the good guys win and the bad guys are held accountable. Well, in today's teaching, Pastor Bill reminds you that God doesn't always do things the way you would. In His justice, He's also merciful. You'll learn that those who turn to Him during the suffering and chaos of the Great Tribulation are spared from His wrath. Jesus will cover their sins just like he's done for you. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, as he begins his message, Hell on Earth. In Revelation, uh, we're in chapter 9. I titled the message, Hell on Earth. Uh, you'll see as we get into the chapter why. And I want to do this because I, I, I keep thinking, if you joined us now, this would be a really strange, you'd be like, man, I came to church and that brother was talking about demons and all kind of crazy stuff. So I, I owe you an explanation as to where we are in the book of Revelation. So, um, so I'm going to just do a real brief recap of the book. Uh, the word Revelation, the title of the book means, what does the word Revelation mean? Unveiling. This book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Therefore, this book is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. So in everything that we're studying in Revelation, we keep looking for what is this revealing to me about who Jesus is? Amen. Chapter one, verse three. Um, the only book in the Bible that promises a blessing to the person that reads it, hears it, and keeps the words of it is Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. And so we expect the Lord to meet us and bless us as we read, study, and obey the things that we're learning in the book of Revelation. We're given the key to the book of Revelation. In chapter 1, verse 19, John is told, write the things which you have seen. Uh, chapter 1, past tense, the things which are. Chapters 2 and 3, present tense, the church age. And the things which will be after this, the future. Chapters 4 all the way to 22. As we came to the end of the church age, Revelations 2 and 3, uh, Revelation, not shuns, uh, Revelation 2 and 3, the church is in heaven. How did we get to heaven? Rapture of the church, either you died and to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord, or you were raptured, we caught up to be with the Lord in the air. That's an event that has not yet happened, so a yet future event. And so the church in chapters 4 and 5 are in heaven, and as we begin Begin chapter 6, we said that chapter 6 through 19 covers an error called the, the tribulation period. Um, the tribulation period is a period of time after the church has been caught up to be with the Lord where God is pouring out his wrath on a world that has rejected him and has said, we don't want you to be Lord over us. So are we clear that the tribulation is God's wrath? Does God pour out his wrath on his people? He does not. So even though we're in the tribulation period, we've seen people get saved. And how did God identify those that belong to him even in the tribulation period? He sealed them on the forehead. He wrote on them a new name. And so God identified those that belong to him. So even in this time where his wrath is being poured out, they're eliminated. The wrath is not poured out on those that belong to him. So 
we were in chapter 8 and we looked at the beginning of the trumpet judgments. And there was five judgments. And the last judgment, they, they impacted things on the earth that in a secondary way impacted the people. If you guys remember first, all the green grass and trees burned up. So that would have a secondary impact because that would mean animals couldn't eat and, and that would have a, a residual effect on people. Then the salt water, the seawater, was third of it was turned to blood. And so a lot of the fish would die and the ships crashed. That would affect you know, food and things that you can get out of the sea. Then the, the fresh water was impacted by the wormwood, a third of it. And so people were drinking it and it was poisoned and they were dying as a secondary effect. And at the end of chapter 8, the angel said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, man, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. That it's about to get way worse. And what we're going to see in chapter 9 is the judgments that go out in chapter 9, they're not having a secondary effect. The judgments of chapter 9 are having a direct effect uh, on the people that are on the earth. Um, and so God is going to be allowing some things that have direct impact on the people of the earth. So with that, everybody look at chapter 9, verse 1. It says, then the fifth angel sounded and I saw a star falling from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. So the fifth angel sounded his trumpet and John speaking here said, I saw a star falling from heaven. Then he said to the star, he called the star a hymn. He said, I saw a star falling from heaven and then to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Anybody know who this star is? Satan, Lucifer. Uh, so, so, you know, just so you know, if, if it was a star, regular star, it wouldn't have later been called a hymn. Uh, if you're a note taker, and whenever I ask you if you're a note taker, I'm really telling you that you should be a note taker. So if you're a note taker, you would want to write down Luke chapter 10, verse 18. In Luke 10, 18, Jesus has sent the disciples out and he given them power over the demons and he given them power to heal. And they came back. And as you could imagine, they were quite excited for how God had worked in their lives. And they were saying in, in verse 17, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them in verse 18 of Luke 10, and says, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Um, he reminds them there. He's like, in, in another, one of the other gospels, Jesus says, don't rejoice that you have power over the demons. He says, rather you ought to be rejoicing what? Anybody know? That your names are written in the book of life. Y'all happy about the wrong thing. Y'all need to be happy that you're going to heaven. So, um, but here, for our sake here, Jesus said, look, I saw Satan fall like lightning. So before I go any further, I want to do a little bit of explanation on demons and angels and where they came from and what they are, what they're doing, what they can do, what they can't do. So uh, angels are created beings. God created the angels. Uh, they exist in the unseen realm to us, right? Most of us here are not seeing angels on a regular basis. Is that true? There's always somebody, but for the most of us, we're not walking around. We're not seeing angels, you know. Um, we don't see demons either, praise God. That's a, it's in the unseen realm, though if we believe the Bible, we know that they exist. When we gather like this, I believe that there are angels and demons present. I believe that Satan is attacking and there's warfare that happens all, all up and through our preparations. I believe that God is at work in ways that we don't see. There is an unseen realm that is kept from us. Now, initially, all angels were... The Bible called angels messengers and servants of God. They were all created to, to serve the Lord in some way. Satan was, uh, who's also called Lucifer and some, a lot of other names in the scriptures, 
we learn that he was the anointed cherub who covered. A high rank, authority over other angels. It says that in his being there were trembles and pipes. That's why many people say that Satan was the worship leader of heaven because he had musical instruments in his being and he was over, had authority over other angels. Um, Satan at a point was no longer content to bring glory to God through worship. And we, we see the eye wills of Satan. Um, Ezekiel and Isaiah, I don't have time to go there. Um, we can look at both areas where we see the fall of Satan. But Satan basically says this, I will be like the most high. I will ascend into heaven. I will. And he gives all the things that he no longer wants to bring glory and worship to God. He's like, I, w- I want some for myself. And after he gets done saying all the things that he will do, God says, no, you won't. And he is kicked out of heaven forever. Now, he had a third of the angels fell with him. And that's where we get the devil and demons from. These are fallen angels. Um, We learn from the book of Hebrews, there's no coming back from that. So will God ever forgive Satan and the demons that fell with him? They're doomed. They're damned. They know for a fact that they will go to hell eventually. Um, The Bible says in Hebrews that God does not give aid to the angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. What that means is this. If you guys think about what aid means, if you are broke, you need financial aid. Amen. Um, If you get injured, you might need first aid. You know, Um, we have spiritual issues. God provides spiritual aid. But he says, I don't give aid to the angels. Why? Because they fell from a place of seeing God in all of his glory. And God says, look, if you fall from there, if you decide from that point, you don't want it. you, You don't get to come back. You don't get to leave and come back to this. So they're damned. They're doomed forever. Um, they, they have a date. They know there's a date coming where they're going to be thrown to the lake of fire. And so they are doing what they do. That's what Satan is. He's a fallen angel. He's not, you know, some people think Satan is like the leader of hell. You know, like when you go to hell, you see the cartoons and Satan is with the pitchfork, you know, that he's the torturer in hell. He'll be tortured in hell himself. And so that's where Satan comes from. Um, all of this transpired before Adam and Eve fell in the garden, because once Adam and Eve were placed in the garden, Um, They weren't there very long before we see Satan show up in the garden. And so we know that this fall took place uh, early on um, before, um, at least before Genesis 3, at some point that Satan had fallen and all these things were in place. All this is important because now as all this is being unfolded at the end, we're going to see Satan do some things. We're going to see demons unveiled to do some things. And I want us to have a biblical understanding of what they are. So When your friends and your family die, they don't become angels. Y'all know that? I get so sad when I hear Christians at a funeral. He just, he just, my angels up there just watch. No, 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 no. That sounds sweet, but it's not true. Angels and people are different. When people you know that are going to heaven die, they go to heaven. They don't become angels. They don't get wings. He got his wings. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He, he went to heaven. He, don't, he doesn't want to be an angel. So angels are better than us right now, but we'll be better than, not, I say better than them. We will be. It'll be better to be a human than an angel in eternity. We'll, we'll, have, we'll be judging angels. It talks about that in Corinthians uh, in heaven. And so God, arguing, God, you know, through Paul made this argument in Corinthians that you guys can't settle your disputes on earth. Uh, before secular judges, y'all understand that y'all going to judge the angels in heaven? So he was correcting them on that. So um, we're, we're not the same, um, you know, but we're the only two beings God created that are eternal. So human beings and angels are the only two beings that will either be in heaven or hell for all eternity. Everything else God created dies and goes back to the dust. Your dog, your cat, 
you know, they, they're not coming to heaven. To heaven, and your, your mean dog ain't going to hell. They're just done. You get a new dog when your old dog dies, okay? So here, um, this star that fall was is Satan. Um, it says, to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. So I want to explain this. What is the bottomless pit? It's, it's a place where there are some demons that have not been free to roam because they messed up really bad. Um, there's some demon. I want you to know this because during the tribulation period, there's some demons. Y'all understand all demons are bad, right? But there are some demons that are so bad that they've been locked up in a bottomless pit, not been able to get out. Those demons are going to be released during the tribulation period to torment people. So how did they end up in the bottomless pit? I'm going to give it to you real quick because I don't have time to make the whole argument. But everybody, if you're a note taker, you should write down Jude which is only one chapter, Jude chapter 1, verse 6. In Jude verse 6, it tells us this. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So there were some angels that it said they, they didn't keep their proper estate or abode. They, they went where they shouldn't have gone. They did what they should not have done. I believe these are the angels that we see in Genesis chapter 6 who came down and tried to contaminate uh, the population of people and they had sex with women on the, of the earth. And I believe that those angels were then put in the bottomless pit and they've been there. So these are some perverted angels or demons and they've been in the bottomless pit all this time. They have not been free to roam and destroy, but they will be released during the tribulation period. Now, verse 2. It says, and he opened the bottomless pit and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. So wherever this pit is, um, as Satan is released, as Satan is given the key to let them out, um, the bottomless pit is opened up and there's this smoke that arises and it causes some darkness on the earth. It's already dark. If you guys remember, part of the judgments that went out, a third of the sun and a third of the moon were darkened. So it's already getting dim out here. Now there's smoke arising from this bottomless pit um, that's creating darkness as well. Verse 3 says, Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power, they were commanded not to harm the grass or the earth or any green thing or any trees, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So these demons come out there. They have a likeness of locusts. That means they, we know locusts fly and devour. Uh, regular locusts fly and they devour, uh, they devour plants and, you know, you know, green stuff. These locusts were told, don't mess with the vegetation. Don't mess with the plants. Um, these locusts are going to be free to go do damage to people. These are demonic locust things. Now, again, some of you are reading this saying, this is, this is crazy. Like, what is this? This is part of God's wrath that there are things that I think I would go crazy, for one, if I, if I could see demons and angels on a regular basis. I don't, I don't want, you know, every time somebody in the Bible saw an angel, what was their response? Fear. Angels always had, fear not. Fear, they had to always be going around and say, stop, don't be afraid. So I imagine that regular angels were pretty awesome looking creatures. I would imagine that demons, I don't know what they would look like, um, but I know they don't come. They come to do damage. Uh, I don't want to see no demons, you know. And so part of what God has veiled us from in this life 
is we don't see these things. But during this tribulation period where God said, this is the period where my wrath is being poured out, I'm going to let people see the demonic realm. Uh, and I'm going to give demons permission to do things that they have not had permission to do. I'm letting out demons that used to be bound up. So these, again, it's not like they're good demons, but these are the worst demons. I'm letting them out. And they're going to have a physical uh, image. They're going to fly around like locusts. Um, they're going to have power like scorpions of the earth. Uh, if anybody knows anything about scorpions, one of the worst stings you can get is a scorpion sting. So a bee sting, not too much. A wasp sting is kept bad because a wasp can keep stinging you. A scorpion sting is one of the worst things as far as the level of pain that it creates. And so God is allowing these demonic creatures that have power to, to create pain. They have power to hurt men. But he says in verse uh, 4, they were commanded not to touch the grass or any of the green things, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their forehead. So there's mercy in the midst of judgment again that those that have gotten saved, those that have the seal of God on their foreheads, while these demonic creatures are going out, God says they, they won't be able to touch those that belong to the Lord. Why? Because this is God's wrath, and God's wrath is never poured out on his kids. Even during this time. Now, I think God is better than we would be. My mind says this. If I was God, and I've given you all these opportunities to get saved, and you were like, nope, Nope, you rejected me at 20 altar calls and you make it to the tribulation period. I think you should see a demon. Yeah, I'm going to save you, but I'm a, you, should, you should feel some of this. You know, you, can, you didn't have to be here. God is better than me because God is like, no, nah, those that are saved, I'm going to put the seal of God on their forehead and they're not going to be touched by these things. Um, I think it's very merciful and very gracious of God that he would do that because uh, they've obviously had other opportunities, but God is merciful um, this is his wrath being poured out. Now, verse 5 says, and they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, but death will flee from them. So here God says, look, these, these demonic creatures are going to go forth. They're going to have the power to sting men. Um, it's going to hurt for five months. And in those days, people are going to want to die. And then death is going to flee. So I would just point this out for anybody that's ever said, oh, the tribulation period already happened. Or oh, we're, we're, we're living in hell right now. Y'all know that nothing like this has ever happened before. Amen. For you guys that are here that are saved, nothing like this will ever happen. You'll never experience anything like this. This is a unique period of time on the earth. God said about the tribulation period that it'll be the worst period of time ever on earth. There's never been a time like it, nor will there ever be a time like it afterwards. This will be the worst period of time on earth. And so demons are released. They're, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's scary um, for those that are here. I think that there'd be probably mental breakdowns because how do you get away from demons? I mean, these are spiritual creatures. They can fly. They have power to touch you, to sting you, to hurt you. I would imagine that this would be horrifying time to be on the earth. Do any of you guys look at this and think, if I were here, I, I would think this would make people get saved? Do you guys think that this would make people come to a... I, that's what I tend to think, but that's not what happens. I would look at this and think, man, this is surely... People would see that and be like, God, help. God, I'm sorry. 
God, I repent today. Give me that seal. Seal my forehead now. You know, I would I would be begging for mercy, but that's not actually what's going to happen. So um, this is, again, this is God's wrath being poured out. People are going to seek death and death is going to flee. Um, that's a unique thing. It's, it's going to last for five months. So imagine somebody that's in pain and they want to die, but death flees them. That means if you jump off a building and you, ah, Geronimo, and you smack, you're not dying. You're just going to be in more pain, you know? That's unfathomable, you know, that you some shoot they sell. Boom. Nope, didn't work. Still here. Just, just in more pain. Death will flee. Um, obviously, that's spiritual and supernatural because under normal circumstances, a person could kill themselves. They could die. But God says, during this period of time, I'm not allowing death. Now, I used to look at this and think, wow, that's a harsh judgment. But I actually rethinking it this go round, have thought that might be merciful because if you were in pain and you killed yourself where would you go they would go to hell the fact that God says I'm not gonna let you die um, it's merciful in that that maybe there's a, maybe some of them will get saved maybe some of them are going to repent after this not allowing death to people that are going to hell is merciful is extending their time is giving them another opportunity to be saved and so uh, verse 7 says, now, as a further description of these, these creatures, it says, the shape of the locust was like a horse prepared for battle. You're going to see many times that John will say like. So when he says that, John is doing his best to put into his own words what he's seeing. So it's like, it's like this. So it's not actually a horse, but it's like a horse. He says, the shape of the locust was like a horse prepared for battle. So I was curious as to rather, you know, the, it was the shape, but it was is, like, what size are these things? I don't really get a sense of the size. Uh, he doesn't say anything that tells me that it's this big or that big. He doesn't say it's the size of a horse, but it's like the shape of a horse prepared for battle. So you can imagine a horse with armor and gear on that a horse that would go to battle back in those days. He says, that's the shape of these locusts. On their heads were crowns of something like gold. Their faces were like the faces of men. I think that would be freaky. That something shaped like a horse that could fly with a scorpion tail, but have a face like a man. Then it says they had hair like women's hair. Uh, I'm imagining that that's that it's like flowy hair. Um, I, I had a kid draw this for me one time, and um, you know it was a you know it was a, it was a fat man's face, blonde woman hair, and he drew these lion teeth, and it, it was it was you know it was, it was pretty interesting, but. Um, they had hair like a woman's hair, their teeth were like lion's teeth, and they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. And so, again, that's, that's a loud noise, and so this is just freaky, you know? I don't know if everybody's ever been somewhere where like a beehive broke loose. Uh, I took my son, you guys know my son Billy is autistic and he loves to go to Universal Studios. But Bill only goes to one place. He goes to Universal Studios, he goes straight to Minion area, and he rides the Minion rides and he waits till the characters come out. And he likes to take pictures and, and video the little characters from the Minions, the little sisters. Um, and so we were out there one day. Well, they had, at Universal Studios, there was a beehive and it, it broke loose. And so you had a whole area where you had all these kids, you had staff, and the bees were just going. Now, my son being autistic, he's enamored with flying things. Now, he's afraid of flies, but he likes the bees. 
And I'm like, no, the bees will sting you. And I tell him, Billy, get away from the bees, will sting you. He's like, Dad, what is the bee gonna do? It'll sting you. And he thinks it's funny. And I'm trying to, so I, I have to like, I have to physically grab him. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of Revelation. This book touches on the people and the world being judged during the tribulation. Some may feel that with all that's happening in the world right now, that we're already there. However, there's more to come and that's why it's so important to know where you stand with God now. Don't delay a decision that you think you can put off because you have lots of time. The time is now. If you're not sure where to go or what to do and the things you're hearing from Revelation are causing you to be fearful, please let us know by giving us a call. We're here to give a listening ear and to answer any questions you might have about this teaching or about salvation. Call or send a text to 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. If you prefer reaching us online, you can fill out the contact form on our website at Cal calvaryinglewood.org. If you're not already connected with a local church family, we'd like to invite you to join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Inglewood. You can find all the information you need at our website, including service times, directions, and information about the church. You can even find links to stream our services or watch previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for spending time with us today in the Word. Pastor Bill will share more about what God revealed to John in the book of Revelation next time on A Transforming Word.